Welcome to Around These Islands in 12 Ports, brought to you by Chrome Radio in association with Yacht Nova and These Islands. I'm Katrina Oliphant. We're in St John's Gardens on the Horse Ferry Road in central London, a brisk 10 minutes walk from the Houses of Parliament and Westminster Abbey. Until the 1860s, this road was the way to the old Horse Ferry, which crossed the River Thames at Lambeth Bridge. Today, it's home to the Department for Transport and where the Minister for Maritime, Nusrat Ghani, is based. She was a BBC World Service journalist before she was elected to Parliament in 2015 as the Conservative MP for Wealdon in East Sussex. In 2018, shortly after Nusrat Ghani became Minister for Maritime, the government launched its Maritime 2050 strategy. This sets out the government's vision for the maritime sector. I wanted to know how technology was changing the way ports worked and the kinds of jobs available, as well as how the maritime sector was tackling environmental issues. We are a maritime nation and practically everything we consume or we want to own has come through one of our ports. The ports make sure that everything in our country just keeps flowing through. In Maritime 2050, the primary desire was to work out what the challenges and opportunities are going to be for UK maritime, across people, across ports, across shipping, across innovation, and how Britain could continue to invest in the maritime sector and position itself to be experts in what we know that we are good at. It also showcased to the world our expertise. It's a working document. If I'm meeting transport or maritime ministers from European or Asian countries, they often talk about Maritime 2050. There are many disruptive technologies that are going to be coming down the line for many industries, and maritime is no exception. In the UK, even though there may be some nervousness, there is a desire to try and understand and implement these technologies to make UK maritime even more efficient. Technology is already changing the way ports operate. So part of the Maritime 2050, there was the technology and innovation route map that really focused on this particular issue. The port of Liverpool at Canada Dock Terminal, they've got new automation there. So they've got two human operators to handle tens of thousands of tons of steel cargo. Seakit, which is a UK manufacturer, produced a ship which went across the North Sea unmanned. We delivered some oysters to Belgium and they delivered some beer to us. The thought of autonomous shipping a couple of years ago was, it's not going to happen. But we're testing it and we're testing it here in the UK with a UK company and trying to build confidence in the technology. I must mention the port of Dover. It's also got a system of digital sensors called Blip Track to detect and map Wi-Fi and Bluetooth signals from local vehicles to map the traffic flow in and around the ports. And I know that many other ports are investing in technology as well. Felix Stowe comes to mind. For me, it's not about jobs that go. It is how you can be more efficient with your present staff. Make sure you're training them, investing in them to enable you to do more trade. A lot of our ports, compared to other ports in Europe and Asia, they can't grow anymore physically. So all we can do is become even more efficient. And to become more efficient, we need to make sure we use new technology to get more cargo of ships even quicker, get them out of your ports quicker, and we can make sure we make the right investment in road and rail. You can get them zipped across the country even faster. Our efficiency is key. The right investment in technology also enables you to track where the cargo or the freight is the whole time and also enables you to manage when ships are coming in and out of the port. 
Staffing is key to Maritime 2050. We can put all the plans in place. We want to, but it is a challenge without staff who are qualified, trained, and then are nurtured to stay in Maritime. And that's what we're trying to address through Maritime 2050 as well. We often talk about the lack of women in Parliament, but I hadn't realised until I took on the Maritime portfolio that the numbers were even more stark. I believe fewer than 5% of the workforce is female. It is primarily white, male, and of a particular age in some skill sets. So we have a challenge. We need to get young people across the board excited about maritime. We need people who aren't in maritime now, may have had a career, to think about retraining, think about working at ports. And we definitely need young girls and women to think about maritime as a career. The women that we have in maritime are doing a fantastic job and we need to understand what more we can do to nurture them, invest in them and promote them. We don't want to lose the women that we have in maritime at the moment. So getting people through the door is the first key and then keeping those people in maritime is the second key to getting that right. As well as being maritime minister, I'm also the minister of the year of engineering and a part of my job there was to increase the interest and to get more young people thinking about taking up STEM subjects. We need that for the Department of Transport because we're constantly designing and building up and down the country, especially for maritime as well. The Year of Engineering was one way of us doing that, to get people thinking about STEM subjects and also getting them to understand that you can work in shipping and maritime and it can be very different to the sort of job that you think it might be. Everyone will assume that it's a dockside job, it's outside, very physical, come rain or shine. It can be that sort of job if you want, but actually there's a huge amount of careers that involve either you being on ships or within ports. Ports and shipping have invested in technology. So if you like tech, there's a space for you there. One of the challenges that we had were the lack of women. So we challenged the industry to work with us to think about why we couldn't get more women through the door to be interviewed for the jobs and how we could try and keep them in maritime once they were hired. Two particular things were set up. The Women in Maritime Task Force, which has led to over 100 organisations joining up to be deliberate in thinking about how they recruit and retrain women. And they pledged to the Task Force Maritime Pledge, which means that they will consciously think about the people within their organisation. And we also had the Women in Maritime Charter. One of the key things that's come out of this exercise is often there were complaints that we just don't have women sitting on panels when we have discussions or women on interview panels when we're interviewing. Well, there's no excuse anymore. We've got a fantastic list of women that people can approach, whether it's to speak about the jobs available or to be on an interview panel and also to try and nurture each other. Because the project has been so successful, there is pressure on women in the maritime sector to go out and champion what they're doing, whether it's at schools or to other young women who might be close to maritime or STEM subjects. But at the same time, they've got a day job to do, so we need to try and make sure we're not exhausting them too much. We are excited with the plans that we have in place for Maritime 2015 to see how our ports are going to expand, how we're going to have increased opportunities from trade to new tech, and we want more ships to come to the UK. All of that requires fantastic staff, and we just need to increase the numbers. We've also looked at apprenticeships. The maritime sector said it wanted some particular apprenticeships that were really key to them. Recently, we had the Seafarer Deck Ratings Apprenticeship and Marine Pilot. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep pushing to make sure the maritime sector gets what it needs 
and it will constantly change. As new technologies emerge and are adopted, we're going to have to work with the sector to evaluate what can we do to get people through the door. We have Smart Plus funding, £30 million to fund our cadets. So if anybody's listening, ports and shipping is a fantastic career. It could be land-based, it could involve a huge amount of travel, it can be physical or it could be behind a desk. And it's a skill set that you can transfer anywhere around the world. The environment and maritime has been on the agenda for a long, long time. The IMO, the International Maritime Organization, just across the road from the department, last January was able to consolidate agreement to reducing greenhouse gas emissions by 50%. The UK is a part of the High Ambition Coalition, so we work with a number of countries that are always trying to work to the best targets, be quite ambitious for our sector. But at the same time, I want to make sure we don't make decisions that undermine the business plans for ports and ships either. The environment is the number one issue that I am contacted about as a constituency MP. So as a local issue, it's incredibly important to me as a member of parliament. I was at North Shipping, where the environmental technology was the key subject discussed. They were really quite bold about adopting new technologies and exploring new sorts of fuel. We were able to talk about our work at the IMO and the Clean Maritime Plan, which I'll go on to. As a newish minister that's probably always talking too fast and trying to get somewhere too fast for the next meeting. I really want to make sure that we can do everything we can as soon as we can. Just as everybody understands clean air zones within their communities, they're beginning to appreciate the emissions that are given from ships as well. And the best way to try and tackle emissions or environmental impacts from ports and ships is to work via the IMO. However, my conversation with UK ports and with the shipping sector in the UK has been incredibly positive. And I am keen that we continue to work well with them, which is why we set up the Clean Maritime Council. And we try to put together what we could do as a nation to try and reflect the IMO's ambition, plus the work that we're trying to do through Maritime 2050 to have a national plan our clean maritime plan that should get everybody confidence that we are not only serious about exploring new technologies looking at issues around infrastructure but also working with the maritime sector to make sure that we can work at a pace that is good for their business as well i just want to talk about morecambe bay there's a plan to have an eden project up in morecambe looking at ocean health and people's health and well-being as well. I'm quite keen that we get Maritime 2050 and the Clean Maritime Plan somehow inserted into the Eden Project so that all the work that we are doing and that we will continue to do, for example, seabed mapping, we can try and make this information accessible to the 4,000 plus tourists that are going to be visiting Morecambe and the Eden Project. So all this information will be at hand for them. A lot of our ports already are involved in green technologies. Hull's got an exciting development in renewable energy sector. Milford Haven has got a key link for energy generation. There's so much work happening on this already, and the Clean Maritime Plan will enable a greater focus. And Maritime 2050 is a great place for all that expertise to be collected together. Maritime 2050 is not a piece of work that's done by the department, it's done by the sector on behalf of the sector. So there's constant collaboration. And I've just been reminded of my visit to Southampton to Seaworks, where I was able to step onto a hybrid pilot ship. So there is a huge amount of work taking place in the UK. If people don't visit their ports, they should take a little trip. Next time they are leaving to go on holidays through a port, just take a look around. If you want to be at a cutting edge 
industry, then look into ports and shipping and think about a career in that sector. Our port and shipping sector in the UK is incredibly modest. They are busy focusing on doing their job. They are a great advert for the UK. I have been incredibly proud to be their champion in Westminster and up and down the country, but also overseas as well. The more I travel, the more I realise what a great set of experts we have within our ports in the UK. That was Nusrat Ghani, Minister for Maritime. If you'd like to know more about Maritime 2050 and recent environmental initiatives in the maritime sector, do have a look at the web links in the information about this podcast. I hope you'll join me next time when we go to London's Borough Market to explore more port connections. You've been listening to Around These Islands in 12 Ports, brought to you by Chrome Radio in association with Yacht Nova and These Islands.